Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Look, the U.S. Open may be going on, but the tennis world doesn't sleep. There's a lot of action across the globe on the challenger level, the future circuit. Tennis, it's played year-round, and that's really what makes it such a fascinating sport. And that's why I'm so excited for today's guest. He is the former World Junior number 1, the 2018 Australian Open Junior Slam champion, and the current World 296, Sebastian Corda. Welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I know you had the chance to play the U.S. Open this year. Uh, you played first-round qualifying, lost in three sets. I'm sure that's not the result you were looking for. But just in general, how are you feeling right now? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I had a bit of a little bit of an injury, but uh, it's going well so far. And uh, happy to be back on court finally. You mentioned that injury. Uh, correct me if my terminology is wrong l5s1 spine injury that sounds very yeah. serious but i know you were back on court rehabbing today just uh can you give our listeners a little bit of uh, some more detail yeah no, i had a herniated disc in my uh, l5s1 uh, in my spine and uh i got that in the challenger in in kentucky uh just did a bad movement felt something in my back and didn't think it was as serious but uh i was playing my match uh, at the open and uh halfway through the first set i just couldn't couldn't walk anymore and it was uh, just too painful so i uh went to my doctor in houston took an mri and uh found out that uh, i had a herniated disc so got that taken care of and uh trying to get stronger now for you did you not even want to check it out you were like i'm playing the u.s open it's just <laughs> a matter of after that yeah it was just it was like on and off like my butt uh at times, I couldn't. I couldn't really bend over to do anything, but I, I would never think that uh, it was anything anything that that serious. But uh, I'm glad uh, I have a little bit of a break now, and uh, glad that kind of it, it happened, so I can uh, work a little bit more on my body now. And for listeners who don't know, you're 19 years old. I believe your birthday was in July, so happy yeah. birthday. Uh, to you. A little late, but still counts. Uh, but yeah. when you have an injury like that, because I imagine you're still growing into your 6'4", 6'5", frame, uh, yeah. how important is it for you to be cautious, to be willing to go onto the sideline, despite, I'm sure, what for you is, you know, it's the U.S. Open. You want to be there playing at a top level. Yeah, of course, but uh, but then again, I'm I'm only 19, and uh, if if all goes well, I can have uh, 16 16 years of, of good tennis. Um, but yeah, no, this is the first year that I, I haven't grown uh, in <laughs> since my entire life. I mean, it's it's been it's been painful, but uh, this is the first year I haven't grown. So now I'm trying to build into my body and uh, trying to stay injury free. Well, you may not have grown physically, but mentally, I'm sure leaps and bounds this year, and so <laughs> yeah. That's that's what really counts. But yeah, for you again, you're 19 years old. You're ranked in the top 300. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, I'm sure you would have liked to do better at, at the Open. But just in general, with this season, now that you've had this injury, had some time to reflect. How are you feeling overall about your level? Uh, no, I felt really good. I mean, I was playing. I was playing pretty well, even at the Open. Uh, first set, I was playing really well. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my level. I had a 
it's been a kind of a tough season this year, but uh, it's been going well so far. It's interesting you say it's been a tough season because I feel like for a 19-year-old to jump into the top 300 the way you have, you made your first challenger final in Kazakhstan a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, what were the benchmarks you set uh, for listeners? Because a lot of times we interview guys who either are in college or have just turned pro from college. What were the results you were looking for to validate your decision to just go pro right away? Uh, I mean, this year, this was my this was my first full year as a pro. So, I mean, this year is just all about getting the experiences, going to places, traveling, playing bigger tournaments. Like in Cincinnati, I got a wild card, played a... Uh, Played Joustos, that was an unbelievable experience. Uh, again, at the U.S. Open, I'd quite played qualies. So it's just all about getting those experiences right now and uh, building building towards where I want to be. What's been the, the biggest difference between you know the year you had and the junior circuit in 2018 versus now leveling it out on the pros week in week out? Uh, yeah, with the pros, I mean it's a little bit. You're playing for money, obviously. Uh, <laughs> people people don't want to lose to a to a 19 year old, so it's a little bit more. Uh, definitely mentally it's a lot tougher uh as in juniors you can get a couple free points here and there but in pros it's everybody's focused up and uh they'll they'll do anything to win is it a different sort of pressure i imagine because you were a top seed often in junior tournaments here you talk about being the young guy you kind of stick out uh what are the differences in the pressures you face um i wouldn't say it's really pressure i mean i really love what i'm doing this is what i want to do with with uh, the rest of my life so I mean I'm just kind of enjoying it, of course. I mean you get nervous and stuff like that, but I'm uh, I'm a pretty pretty mellow guy, and, and I don't <laughs> really I don't really feel like that much pressure. I mean if whatever happens happens, as long as I'm happy, I'm okay with it. Sure. And you talked about this is the first year you haven't grown physically, but just yeah. you know when you're I imagine body wise you're still filling out, you're still trying to get stronger when you're playing these professionals who are you know 26, 28 years old, fully developed. What's the mm-hmm. biggest thing I guess physically and game wise that's changed for you this year? Uh, I think conditioning wise, I'm I'm pretty fit. I mean, I, I run a lot my my whole life. I've I've run a lot. But uh, yeah, just kind of getting a little bit stronger in the arms and the legs. Sometimes tough to to be bent over and uh, be uh, down in your legs and uh, working with with guys who are fully built and physically much stronger than you. We saw Jensen Brooksby, Zach Svaja both have some success at this U.S. Open, and it, what really stood out is sometimes they're thrown in 70-mile-per-hour second serves, right? And you can tell yeah. that's the biggest <laughs> difference between an 18-year-old and, you know, 39-year-old Paolo Lorenzi, who is mm-hmm. been, you know, just so physically fit. Um, for you, have you felt at all that, you know, being younger, it's a disadvantage? I also think there's the advantages of being young. It's that youthful yeah, naivete, sure. right? You're going to run down that extra ball because you don't know any better um i guess how how those sort of things played into it yeah i mean it's it can be a it can be a pretty big advantage because i mean like paul lorenzi's never i don't know if he's ever played a 16 year old kid in a in a, in a grand <laughs> slam who's but uh yeah i mean sometimes they've never seen like a serve that's 80 miles an hour and they're just not used to it and uh it can be an advantage sometimes and for you at six four i mean i feel like that's not a problem for you I feel like your game you feel like it's translated pretty well yeah, um, yeah, I'm still developing. Hopefully, uh, as the years go by, my serve can get bigger and better. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with with how, how the progress is going so far. Yeah, and look, you're top 300 in the world. I think that's a testament to the success you've had so far. But I want to take it back a little bit for our listeners. The last name Corda. 
I'm mm-hmm. sure familiar to many. Your father, a former Grand Slam champion. Um, I know you have two older sisters, both professional golfers. So why is it that you went down the tennis route? Um, I don't know. My, my, uh, I, I mean, I played ice hockey until I was uh, until <laughs> I was ten years old. The plan was never to never to play tennis. Uh, I just didn't wasn't really as in love with it as I was uh, as I am now. Um, I went to the my dad used to coach a tennis player Roddick Stepanek, and I went with him in 2009 to the U.S. Open. And he played Djokovic on Ash like at 10:30 at night, just completely packed. And I was I just kind of I fell in love with it. Uh, I think it was the coolest experience that I've ever had. And uh, yeah, I'm, a year later we went back, same thing. And I just kind of switched over to tennis. And my sisters never really found that kind of. I mean, they love tennis, but they uh, they just love golf. <laughs> Are you a golfer as well? Uh, I go through phases. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'll do three months of I absolutely love golf, and then I won't pick up a golf club for like eight months. <laughs> and I'll get back into it. Yeah. You scream three hundred fifty yard drive, and then just falls apart on the greens. No, I mean I hit it. I hit it pretty far. I just can't hit it straight occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> me putting, I- putting, putting for me is my. Achilles heel. I just can't do it. <laughs> for me, everything's wide right. I just yeah. never start walking that way, um, for sure. But yeah, I guess for you, um, a lot of kids. I don't. I don't want to say dream, but you always would love to have a Grand Slam champion dad. But then, mm-hmm. being in the tennis community as long as you know I have, as long as many people who listen to this podcast has, you know, there are parents who go overboard, right? Who are too into the tennis and all of these things. Uh, to have a dad as you know the resource of former Grand Slam mm-hmm. champion, but to tr- you know how has that played out in your relationship? But also, are there times when you know you kind of want to chart your own path as opposed to just following what he did? Yeah, no. I mean, my parents were great growing up. I mean, we played. We didn't. I mean, we just played every every sport really, and uh, it was our choice what we wanted to play and what uh, whatever we decided we uh, they were behind it but they never push us we're always the ones who 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 always want them there and uh, they're a great sport i have to ask though do you and dad get on court and can you beat him nowadays uh yeah no i'm I'm always on court with my dad uh, he started traveling with me a little bit more uh, especially this year and uh, i don't know i don't i don't want to play him because he's uh he's still got it <laughs> he can't he can't move as much but uh the ball's still coming fast, and uh, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. want to play him. <laughs> Everything's just like half a second earlier than it used to be. Now it's just, <laughs> yeah. And you're just running all the time. No, yeah. I, I totally understand that. And Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels, whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out. The Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I, I believe you went down to IMG when you were younger, right? Yeah, and no, I was born here in Brainson, so uh, even both my sisters were as well. So uh, we've been here our whole lives, and uh, I started kind of playing tennis at IMG. I mean, pretty much my whole life, but uh, I started when I was about 13 years old, and uh, been there ever since. What are the things about the IMG experience that you think have helped get you to this point? Uh, I think just how many how many people there are, how many courts there are, the other sports. I mean, it's just so cool being in, in kind of an atmosphere when you have guys who are getting ready to get drafted. Uh, there's a bunch of pros. I mean, everybody's uh, everybody wants to work hard there, and they're trying to be the best they can be. So, I mean, it's it's a really cool experience. 
and uh, I wouldn't want to be training anywhere else. Do you feel you know you missed out on anything by maybe doing that full time, or you know what have what have you thought about the outside the court parts that come at training full time at an academy like IMG? No, I don't think I missed out on anything. Uh, everybody, everybody, I mean, IMG is an unbelievable place. It's uh, it doesn't get much better than than, uh, than IMG. Yeah, and so for you to be an IMG student, obviously that comes with expectations. And as I mentioned, in 2018, you kind of have this dream junior season. You go down to Australia to start the year. You make the finals and bring home your first junior Grand Slam. What were your expectations like going into Australia? We see a lot of American juniors not make that trip, not play that tournament. What for you was so valuable about that experience, and why do you think you had the success you did? Uh I think I had a really good preseason. I uh, I didn't play Eddie Hur and I didn't play Orange Bowl, and I kind of just worked on my body a little bit. I took almost a month off of tennis and just did fitness. So I mean, I was really really fit, and uh, I was playing really good tennis going into Australia, and I knew I could have a good result. Was the summer heat down there different than anything in America? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was when I was there, it was brutal. The first day I actually I actually got to Australia, it was 105. So. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to last in here. But uh, yeah, I know Australia is great and uh, it's one of my favorite places to visit. That's crazy. And I know for you, you know, heading into that 2018 season, at the end of 2017, you made a finals at a futures result. Uh, so you had kind of been dabbling in between, you know, pro level and junior level events. Do you think that you got any confidence from that future final? And how valuable of experience was that for you, you know, 2017, you're 17 years old, having that sort of success? Yeah, no, it was good. I had a, it was in, a, I think it was in Houston, right? Uh, yeah, Houston, Texas. Good for you. Houston, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool experience. I had a, a bunch of great matches, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, mixing up with the with the juniors as well, it, it was always a good thing to go back and forth, never to just stick with one thing. And, you know, during that 2018 stretch, I guess, actually, I, I kind of want to stick on the slam. You're a junior slam champion. What's the coolest mm-hmm. thing that happens after you win a title like that? Um, I had a lot of opportunities. I had a, I mean, I played, um, what's it called? In Palm Springs, I played, uh, the 1000 there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I played Tim Smichuk, had a, actually match points and lost that match. But yeah, no, a lot of opportunities, uh, get a little recognized a little bit more, but, uh, it was, it was awesome winning it. I also played New York at 250. Um, yeah, so a lot of cool experiences from that. And I guess for you, did, uh, you come home and you're like, Dad, I'm on the board. <laughs> yeah, no, my parents were my parents were super proud and it was it was especially cool. I mean, uh I won it twenty years after my dad won his. So it was uh it was really special. Yeah, it's it such a cool event for you. And at that point, you know, I mentioned you made that final at the pro level, but you're ranking n- nowhere to the point where, you know, you're guaranteed entry into futures and challengers. Um when you win a junior slam, does college kind of go out the door mentally for you who have, you'd played pro events before was pro tennis something you always wanted to pursue right away how did you weigh that choice between exploring college options and pursuing what is ultimately your dream no i'm i never never really wanted to go to college uh i always had my mind set on on being a pro and and trying to follow the footsteps of of, uh, of my dad um there's actually a really cool quote i'm not a big fan of uh lavar ball but there's one. It was like uh, he's got a really cool quiz. It's like uh, you got to be, you can't have uh, you can't have plan A or B. You got to be 100 percent in in plan A. And uh, I never had a plan B, and I always wanted to go pro. 
Well, I think your summer in 2018 validates that choice. You go to Champaign, you make the semis. You go to Decatur, make the final. Edwardsville, you make the final. Um, I guess making that adjustment, you know, you decide to go pro, and now you're in Decatur and Edwardsville, right? You're not in Mm -hmm. Melbourne anymore. You're not at the beautiful slams. What's the most difficult part or maybe what's the best you know most interesting part of that sort of transition to where you know week in week out it, the fans are, it's it's a grind yeah no no definitely it is a grind the the futures are, are a tough place to be um the i mean everybody wants everybody wants to win they want to get out of the futures as, as soon as possible but uh i kind of like that i kind of like uh kind of putting my head down and, and kind of battling for it a little bit, a little bit. i mean i was in the they switched up uh, the tours this year, so I had to play the transition tour because my ranking was around 500 ATP, and I couldn't get into anywhere. So I had to. Go, I went to Turkey for five weeks, put my head down, and and started grinding away. <laughs> so I want to talk about that Turkey trip, but so often yeah. from players you hear, it, and it's a little cliche, but it's about the process. It's not about yeah. the results. If I'm doing on the practice court, my results will take care of themselves, and that's very easy to say, um, but. How difficult is that, you know, to live by? And for you, you know, you say you enjoy the grind. Is it you yeah. enjoy, you know, the the grind of weekend, you know, day in, day out? I'm on the court three hours a day. You do rehab before this interview. Um, I'm joking. You know, it's 11:54 mm-hmm. on a Saturday. I was joking. I'm just getting up for this interview, and you've already done all of that. Yeah. When people say it's the process, what are they referring to? Um, the process just I mean. Uh... You have so many years that you can play tennis. I mean, you could play tennis for uh, pro tennis for twenty years if if uh, if you're all healthy and uh, and mentally good. But uh, yeah, I think the process is just every step of the way, just trying to get better every day. Um, you can't make crazy strides, but if you're getting better every single day, then then you're then you're going on the right path. Yeah. And I, I realize you're 19 years old. That's a very. By the way, you just you've got mature answers. The voice, it's deep. It's my. It sounds mature. Yeah. Uh, so it uh, it makes sense. But you mentioned that trip to Turkey. Uh, that's an mm-hmm. interesting trip to make as your first big pro overseas uh, journey. Uh, why yeah. was Turkey the place for you? And you know what did you learn from that experience that obviously has helped you have uh, success in 2019? Uh, it, was, it was actually really good. There's a there's a bunch of tournaments in a row. Um, a lot of good players were playing it as well, and uh, you were just in one spot, so you didn't have to really travel around anywhere. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of grind it out a bit, you know, just uh, just put my head down and uh, accept the fact that uh, there's two uh, two rankings now, and you can't change anything about it. So uh, yeah, just kind of uh, it was it was a really good experience in my opinion. How yeah. frustrating were those initial World Tennis Tour ITF ranking months? Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of people weren't happy with it, but uh, I kind of accepted it pretty early. I knew there's can't change anything about it, so while I complain about it, nothing will happen. And uh, I kind of, at the end, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good because if you're good, you're gonna you're gonna get there anyways. So why not kind of just enjoy the enjoy the journey and uh, and just live with it. The joys of being 19, you're like, I don't know better. Like, sure, yeah. I'll play this transition tour. <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't mean anything exactly. to me. But with Turkey being on clay, uh, again, mm-hmm. you, you make a clay trip in February. That seems a little earlier, though I guess Australia's open, uh, over at that point, so not really. Why was clay the surface you targeted? Uh, I kind of I wasn't really playing. I was playing pretty – wasn't playing great. I wasn't playing bad, but I wasn't playing as well as I wanted to uh, in Australia. 
and kind of just went to Turkey, wanted to play on, on something different, try to develop my game on, on the clay courts and just play a lot of matches. A lot of matches was the was the key for me. It, was it red clay, green clay? What are we? Yeah, no, at? it was it was, it was uh, slow red clay, and it was cold. <laughs> yeah, first experience yeah. on the red. No, no, no. I've I've I grew up on on clay and uh, uh, red clay. So yeah. that explains why you had success during that Sarasota Savannah run. <laughs> now it's all starting to make sense for me. But I I have to ask: at this point in your career, is Dmitry Popko your biggest rival? Oh yeah, no, he's uh, <laughs> in my way. He's uh, I'll never beat him. There's no, no I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but uh, he always jokes around every time he beats me. He's like, "When are you gonna beat me? Come on!" Man. But uh, every single time, I'm I'm up a break in the, in the third set, and he just comes back, grinds away, runs around his back end, and smashes some forehands, and he's back in it. Oh, but, uh, no, he's a he's a good player, and uh, we have uh, we're pretty good friends. Uh, it's unbelievable. Three finals in what five events? Yeah. Six events? Yeah. That, that's yeah. just no, ridiculous. We were, we were, we were grinding away. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, you make the three finals on clay as well as a semifinal at the transition tour level. You yeah. get a wild card into what is, a fa- you know, Sarasota Bradenton right next to. We'll call Sarasota your home challenger. Yeah. Um, to make the quarterfinals at that event the way you did, getting two three-set victories in the round of 32 and round of 16, uh, mm-hmm. how great of an experience was that for you? Was it fun to play in front of your home crowd? Yeah, no, it was awesome, but uh, I was – I was feeling really good because I, I've had so many matches in Turkey and then I also had a, another final down in in South Florida. But I had so many matches and uh, I was playing really well, really comfortable and uh, just uh, had a had a good first first two rounds and knew I could could do pretty well there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You played six events in a row, or maybe it was four events in a row in February to March, and then you play, I think it's one, two, three, four in a row in April, uh, all on clay, those three challenger swings, Tallahassee and Savannah. You happened to get wild cards into all three events, but I think you very much validated them by getting at least one win at all three. Um, Was that, you know, how do you massage wanting to get, as you mentioned, as much match play as possible with not wanting to be worn down by May 5th, which is when the Savannah Challenger ended. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I was I was feeling feeling pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with me, I, I mean, I like to I like to play a lot of matches. The the more matches I feel, the the better the better my body feels. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a really good couple of months for me and uh, had some good results. Did you feel like your level ready for the challenger level? Yeah, no, definitely. But uh, I think the key for me was kind of just to be kind of comfortable in in the challenger. Like I never really played that many, I, or I would play one and then I'd go back to the futures. And but I had some, I played a lot of matches, and then I kind of just felt felt more comfortable there. And now, now it's uh, now it's all good there. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you're really a traveler because next you go to Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan for a swing yeah. in June and July. Is it – this is stupid, but are you trying to avoid – I feel like the American challengers, the American futures, you're seeing the same – it might be 50 players, but you're seeing the same rotation of guys yeah. in those events no, all the time. 
Yeah, it's definitely no. You're seeing the the same guys over and over again. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, yeah, sometimes it just kind of gets. I just wanted to to experience something different. I've never never played in Asia, so uh, I really wanted to go and see what it's all about. Kind of just experience it and uh, try and play somebody different. What is a Kazakhstan hardcore play like? Is it fast? Oh boy, that's the fastest, and it was an altitude (laughs) too. It was the fastest hardcore I've ever played, and it was absolutely beautiful. I that's, loved it. that's what I'm saying. So you make yeah. the final there, and I, you know I watch a lot of challengers stream tennis. Uh-huh. I have no life, yeah. um, but it's just uh, I, I like you watch those and you're like, oh my god, that's like Arthur Rinderneck serve. I can only imagine. Yeah. No, that was the uh, they would always put me on uh, center court, and that was the only match I didn't play on center court, and that was the absolute fastest hard court I've ever played on, and <laughs> and it was it was so it was so fast that it was like the surface was shiny. So the sun, so when the sun would just hit the court, it would just go straight into your eyes, and nobody could see a thing, and it was just it was a, it was a crazy match. No, oh, that's hilarious. Well, again, you make the final there, and it, though you didn't get a title, um, just what, for you to make a challenger final, age nineteen, and now that you're massaging a back injury, I guess just looking into tw- the rest of twenty nineteen. Uh, what are your goals, uh, you know, tennis-wise, maybe ranking-wise, as you prepare to start the 2020 season? Uh, definitely, I want to be. I want to get my ranking to where I can get into qualies into into Australia. That's that's my only goal, pretty much for the for the rest of the year, and uh, just to keep enjoying it and uh, stay healthy. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, that makes sense. I mean, for you, you're right on the precipice, uh, obviously yeah. in that two ninety six range. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, for with your injury, you mentioned uh, the herniated disc or in your back. Is this something you know you think you're going to be over get back on the court in twenty nineteen? Yeah, yeah. No, I just got a, a small small injection into to uh, to seal it up, and uh, yeah, I've been uh, been hitting a couple balls uh, today and yesterday, and uh, no no pain so far. So it's all good. Awesome. Well, then, with that being said, uh, there's one last thing I want to do. It is our rapid-fire segment, something we like to do with all of our. I'll throw a series of questions your way. Some of them won't be rapid-fire answers, full disclosure. But, um, yep. you know, with that being said, you ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. All right, Westoff, give me a rapid-fire sound effect, please. All right, we'll start with an easy one. Uh, your favorite meal? Uh, pizza. <laughs> Ooh, really? In Kazakhstan, what's the meal you went to most often? Oh, Kazakhstan! I actually really love that place. Uh, the everything was super, super cheap. Like I would be paying two, three bucks for for lunch, and the, I mean the food was food was unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I definitely go back. Yeah, that, that's a trip. I'm so jealous. Yeah. If you can't tell, like, Turkey, yeah. Kazakhstan. You got to see. Did you get to do any traveling while you're overseas? Uh, traveling as in I mean like, traveling. The, the two, like yeah, sightseeing, traveling. Yes, you're overseas. Um, you were traveling. In Turkey, no, but in Kazakhstan, we did a, we did a little bit. Yeah, a little. What 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 does the Kazakhstan scenery look like? Uh, it's actually in a, in one of the places. It's called Almaty, and okay. unbelievably mountains. They're so close, and there's snow on top. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm jealous again. But all right, favorite <laughs> city favorite city in the world? Favorite city? I'd have to go with New York. Ooh, uh, event you could play? Uh, you know, dream event tennis wise. Uh, main draw of Australian Open. Really? Yeah, that's. See, uh, I think I think it'd be so special, especially having having my dad won there and uh, and both of my sisters winning uh, winning tournaments there as well. Yeah, that's a very cool answer. Uh, favorite tennis player? Favorite Nadal. Ooh. Absolutely love him. 
You don't hear Nadal very often. Is it oh, the sleevelessness? I am the biggest Nadal fanboy ever. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Capris, right? In 2006, yeah. you're just like, I yeah. want those. No, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, the thing you are doing when you are not playing tennis? Uh, depends. Am I home? Yeah, sure. Uh, probably playing Xbox with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> what game are you turning to nowadays? Oh, everything. everything. Uh, uh, I've been a big uh, NHL fan. Uh, I play Fortnite with my boys. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, you have you ever played Fritz? Uh, yeah, I've played with him, and he's he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. That's the word on the street. Who, in your opinion, yeah. best American video gamer? Uh, T- tennis wise. Tennis wise, I don't know. There's a bunch, but I'm gonna go yeah. have to go with uh, with my boy uh, Megatree Trent Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. That's an answer for me. I like that one. Um, all right, let's think. Do you have a pregame warm-up song? Uh, no, I don't like listening to music. Really? Or actually, I've actually changed that. Uh, I'm starting to a little bit, but uh, anything by Martin Garrix, anything to get me amped up. So, yeah, if you don't have a pregame song, what's your pregame routine? Um, I run a lot, uh, run around a bit, stretch it out, um, do my activation warm-up. That's okay. about it. Huh, makes sense. That sounds pretty Pretty good. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, oh, I know you guys are getting ready. You're in Bradenton right now. Yeah. What do you do during a hurricane? Uh, stay inside. Yeah. <laughs> stay, stay inside. Stay safe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> By the way, emphasizing: stay inside and please stay safe. Yeah, I feel like you guys will yeah. keep internet, right? So you'll the Xbox will be rolling. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> for sure well then my last question to you uh again you, you kind of listed this out but you know goals for the upcoming 2019 2020 season and then just for listeners who aren't aware of your game of what you're about what would you hope if they watch a match that they take from the sebastian corda experience um i like to be aggressive try to stay try to stay calm i'm pretty calm by and uh um People call me I'm smooth when I play, kind of uh, don't show much effort. But, uh, yeah, um, I like to take the ball early and uh, come to the net. Yeah, first of all, it takes effort to look smooth, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing in a bonus one. We haven't done this in a while. Your favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? Oh, the smell. Yeah, so, so beautiful, yeah. absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, Sebastian, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Correct Interviews podcast. Hope that back heals up well. and. Look, I look Thank forward you. to seeing you in that 2020 Australian Open, if not main draw, <laughs> qualifying for sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.